0: The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. Is book promotion a sin? How should Christians think about marketing. Uh, These topics and more, what we'll be discussing today on the Christian Publishing Show. And joining me today is Shelly Hitz. She specializes in helping uh, Christian nonfiction authors write, publish, and market their books through her online program, Author Audience Academy. Uh, Shelly, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Thomas.
0: So let's just cut to the chase. Is promoting your book a sin?
1: (laughs) Wow, like you, you really just cut to the the throw right there. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's get to the the bottom of the the issue. You know, it's like a, um, a lot of things in life, you know, I think about technology or social media or music or all of these different things. Are they a sin? You know, well, they can be used in sinful ways, but they can also be used in ways that glorify God. So just like you can listen to worship music, or you can listen to music that takes you down and, you know, depresses you. (laughs) I think marketing um, in a similar way, of course, you know, there's two like extremes where we can either get really focused on ourselves and very prideful, or we can get very pulled into the money side and have greed, which both of those are sins. But we can also use marketing to create relationships and to share messages and to share testimonies and to glorify God. So I just really think it all depends on how you're using marketing and what your personal motive
0: is. Yeah, that's really key, I think, the motivation, uh, because ultimately marketing is a tool and you can use it for good and you can use it for bad, but ultimately it's getting your message out there. And if you think about it, many people in the New Testament and in the Old Testament spent a lot of effort getting their message out there, right? They were, you know, going and, tra- you know, Paul spent his whole life traveling to get his message out there. And the question is, you know, is your message a good message? I think this is the first thing, like, is what you're sharing worth people hearing? And then are you doing it uh, for good motives? And I will say that in, in Scripture, the message beats the motives. At one point, you know, people are complaining to Paul that people are preaching Christ, you know, vainly. And he's like, I don't care if it's good motives or bad motives as long as it's Christ being preached. Right? Like, that's the goal is that the message gets out, uh, you know, let God sort out um, the the message, but I know for a lot of Christian authors, their book isn't like the presentation of the gospel for unbelievers, right? Their their book is some other topic other than that. It's helping Christians live a better Christian life or hitting some other topic. So the message perhaps isn't enough, (laughs) Uh, or uh, you know, so you have to kind of look at your motivations. What are some ways of doing that? kind of how do you look at, examine your heart, I guess. In a sense, I mean, like asking you to preach here, how do you examine your heart to make sure that you're doing this uh, for the right motives?
1: Yeah, I think that um, there's like, you know, we all have our own personal relationship with God and I can't examine your motives, you know, for you. (laughs) And I've had people come up to me when I speak and they'll be like, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you don't become prideful. And I'm thinking, I think you probably already think that, you know, (laughs) but they're judging me based upon what they perceive and nobody else can judge my motives. Only God knows that. And I think having that personal relationship with Christ and, you know, I start my day off with journaling. And I, it's like a listening prayer where I'm, you know, in the scriptures, but then I'm also journaling and praying and, and then listening for what God has for me. And I think when you're, you're in relationship with Christ and you're journaling and you're processing your emotions, you're, you're asking for him, for God ideas, for what, what are his ideas to market your book and you're being led by the spirit, you know, of course there are going to be days that we might, you know, you know, flow a little bit more into the pride or to the greed or, you know, to other things. But we confess our sins. We we get back on track and we go forth. Um the theme verses for my business is Matthew 5, 14 to 16 and it's you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in it, in the house in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven and you know i think that so many times you know as as christian authors and writers you know, we're afraid, we're afraid to, to let our light shine and to put our stuff out there. And so, you know, I've heard like, there's three main kinds of fears, fear of failure, fear of success, and then fear of judgment. So that fear of judgment is the people's opinions of you. And I think as Christian writers, the biggest thing, and especially mentoring so many Christian writers, the biggest thing that I think that, you know, as far as fear, it's like fear of what other people will think when you're putting yourself out there and when you're marketing your message. And, you know, are people going to think that I'm prideful? Are people going to think that I'm greedy? Are you know, what are people going to think of me? And you know what? We are only responsible for our own actions, our own and motives. We're not responsible for that person that came up to me and says, oh, I'm going to pray for you that you don't become prideful. You know, if <laughs> if they're judging me, then that's, that's on them. That's between them and God. I am only responsible for what God has called me to do, what he's asked me to do, what he's given me to do, the message he's given me to go out. And, um, you know, in those verses, it says, let your light shine so that they may see your good deeds. And that word deeds is ergon, which means the work of our hands, you know, our, our books and our writing and the things that we create. Not so they'll glorify Shelley, not so it'll glorify Thomas, but it will glorify your Father in Heaven, and so you know, I think it's sometimes just that little bit of a tweak of like, okay, you know, instead of living in fear and hiding and you know, um, just afraid we're going to do the wrong thing, let's get out there, let our light shine, glorify God, allow Him to lead us. Let's walk in the Spirit. Yes, let's you know, you know, have prayer partners. Let's have accountability. Let's you know, be guarding our hearts. Yes. But let's not be afraid. <laughs> let's get out there and share what God has given us to share.
0: That's really good, and I want to underline that because I think that's really key. Uh, as we get older, our motives get very complicated, right? We do almost nothing from a pure motive, and, and by that I mean where there's only one thing motivating us, right? When I'm doing something, I'm typically motivated by many different emotions, <laughs> and uh, like my my daughter is three months old, and she is very. Pure emo- emotives, like when she's hungry, she is one hundred percent hungry, yeah. and she feels nothing <laughs> else other than <laughs> hunger. But as we get older, we get more complicated, and maybe we want to do something because you know we're hungry for it, but we're also afraid, but we're also like wanting, uh, we're ambitious, and like all of these motives are kind of swirling around in a soup in, together inside of us, like every day. And I and I think some authors feel like they have to have pure motives before they can move forward. And it's almost like I have to be perfect before I can act. And the reality is, is that God uses imperfect people. He uses people who preach the gospel with (laughs) bad motives, right? Like Paul's like, Hey, the important point here is that the ball is moving down the field that the gospel is being preached. And, you know, yes, we have complicated motives and yes, we have to walk in obedience. We have to walk in humility and we have to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith and we have to take our motives to the Lord and um you know sacrifice them throw them at the feet of the throne in a sense put them on the altar and uh, i know one thing a lot of authors struggle with is how do you handle somebody telling you i loved your book Uh, right? like often the criticism is easier, right? Somebody's like, I hated your book. I hate you for writing it. Like, what do you do with that? Well, you know what to do. You take that to the throne. You throw it at the feet of Christ like, oh my gosh, like you're like in the Psalms, like, oh, this person's saying these mean things about me. And and you go to Christ with that. But what do you do with the compliments? And I remember my mom coaching me on this uh, because she was a Christian musician and she had a really great approach that I found really helpful. She says, um, the first thing you need to do is receive it somebody 's giving you a compliment. you want to receive that compliment you want to say thank you, and you want to kind of meet them in that place and not try to tell them they 're wrong because that 's really arrogant right somebody 's like, "Oh, I loved your book You're like oh it 's not really that bad what you 're saying is my opinion of my book is more important than your opinion of my book yeah, uh, when you kind of dismiss that compliment that seems like humility but it 's actually false humility it 's saying my opinion of me is more important than your opinion of me and then so you receive this crown that this person has given you and then at the end of the day you throw that crown at the feet of Jesus you're like thank you Lord for uh, this compliment that somebody gave me I'm now going to give it to you and I and sometimes like if I've had some big event and I've gotten a lot of compliments doesn't happen very often but sometimes I'll I'll actually like pray like a special prayer where I'm like Giving these crowns to to the Lord, and it's helpful for me emotionally to process all of that feedback I just received.
1: Yeah, that's good, and I I love a story that Corey Boom told. Um, there was a really big evangelist in her time that would draw thousands and thousands in their crowd, and and she's like, "How do you handle that? Like, how do you handle that as like being the one on the stage?" And he's like, "Well." Just um, think about the story, like, you know, in the Bible where Jesus was, you know, coming in on a donkey and everyone was like, you know, had their palm branches and praising God and, you know, all the, uh, praising Jesus and all these things. And he said, Did the donkey say, Oh, thank you. Thank you for all that praise, you know? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for acknowledging how good I am. And he's like, No, the donkey was simply carrying Christ was the one, you know, that they were glorifying and, you know, praising. And so he said, I, I just see myself as the donkey. I'm the one that's carrying Christ into these places. And when people say things and they, they give me, you know, those compliments or they, they clap or, you know, whatever it is, it's not about me. It's about Christ in me. And so I really like that view on it as well.
0: And I think it's really important to state that there's nothing wrong with being famous. No. A lot of authors are afraid... Of being famous. And like what you're saying, fear of success. And again, if you go to the Old Testament or the New Testament and you see some really famous heroes of the faith, right? John the Baptist was so famous, people would go out into the wilderness to go hear him speak, which in the days before jumping in your Honda was really hard, right? Like in a hassle. And he was so famous, he drew people away from the urban centers. Uh, Jesus was so famous that even the rumor of him being in a place and suddenly that place was flood full of people. He seemed to be constantly running. Away from the crowd, trying to get some alone time uh, with the Lord. Peter was so famous, people would literally line the streets, hoping he would walk by so that his shadow would fall across them and heal them. Like, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast is that famous. (laughs) It's like you (laughs) open up your front door and there's (laughs) these lines of people hoping that you'll walk by, and like napkins that you touch are being passed around as relics. Like, nobody's that famous. And yet, was it a sin that Peter was that famous? No. Because it was a means, not an end. And I think this is a really key difference that, you know, why are you famous? Is it in order to advance the kingdom or is it in order to advance yourself? And because because that be, gets really scary if you start to build your own kingdom, right, where you use that fame and it becomes an end in and of itself. It can become toxic and I think that this is not one of those things where it's like you pray a prayer and you check a box early in your career like okay wipe off your hands. At least I got that out of the way. Now I can work on the next thing. I feel like this is something you have to keep coming back, regardless of where you are in your career and regardless of where you are, you know, in terms of fame, because there's always going to be somebody more famous than you. And there's always going to be somebody less famous. And you You have to keep reexamining your heart and keep going back to the Lord. And you're like, am I doing this right? Am I doing the right thing? And am I doing it in the right way? And I think that he will give you that feedback. Uh, And as you spend time in the scripture, you'll know. (laughs) I I, I don't think that this is something that God makes a mystery.
1: Right. And something that God's just been really showing me lately is like, Shelly, I want you to see it as how can I serve the people that are following me or listening to me or reading my books or whatever, like, how can I serve them? Not what can I get from them? So how can I serve them? How can I help them? You know, wh- what is it in this particular podcast or training or book or blog post that is going to help someone is going to serve someone and, um, you know, building relationships and going deep with the people who are connected with you instead of really making your, your aim to go wide and always thinking, okay, how can I get bigger, 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 bigger? Cause bigger isn't always the goal. Like you said, it's not always the end, you know, what, whoever God has given you in your sphere of influence that is following you, that is reading your books, he's given you, you know, them to you for a, purpose and how can you serve them in that position and it really changes like my view of things versus like okay how you know how can i get the sale or this or that it's like how, what can i get from them no what can i give to them and how can i serve them in this platform that god has given to me to um to to share like the messages that i have and so i think that's that's just something to to keep in mind as well
0: and that's not just good in the sense that it's the Christian path to do it as service. It also just happens to be the business best practice for good marketing. <laughs> like marketing as a service <laughs> is what if you were to going to a marketing conference, like a secular marketing conference, you will see them teaching this exact same thing. Different motives, right? They're not doing it because they're wanting to honor God with their humility. They're doing it because they are shrewd and they know that this works (laughs) that serving people right you write a blog post about how great you are and how great your company is no one wants to read that blog post you write a blog post that helps people And is related to your topic, and genuinely serves them in some practical way, and suddenly they're taking that blog post and they're spreading it all over the internet and shit, and tweeting it, and you know, texting it to their business partner and be like, "Oh my gosh, you got to read this blog post. It was so helpful," and so on and so on. It It applies to your podcasting. It applies to your social media. It applies to your book. Even if you serve with your marketing, your marketing itself can be a benefit. And that's what makes it more effective. Uh, there's this thought that a lot of Christians have that in order to be successful in publishing, in order to be successful in marketing, they have to puff themselves up and they have to build themselves into this big you know, thing. And in reality, that's not what it's about. You be, The way that you become big, the way that you become first is how... Jesus told us it's by being a servant, it's by being last, it's by you know putting on your robe and washing the feet of your readers, and believe it or not, that is the path to success. So it's not like we're asking, um, it's not like the Bible's asking Christians to take this hard road. It's asking Christians to take the correct road, the best road, which I I really like. Like I find that really encouraging. That it's like no, this actually works in a practical way as well.
1: It does. And, you know, I always have taught that marketing is relationships. So you're building that, uh, you know, that that relationship with someone that grows to know, like and trust you. And so if you think of it as a relationship, you're transforming the way you see marketing and not that sleazy used car salesman that says, buy this, you know, like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. But hey, you know, what do you think? You know, you ask questions, you engage your audience, you serve them by, you know, sharing free content and giving them great encouragement or tutorials or whatever, you know, topics you're sharing on and you you form a relationship. So it's not just a one-way billboard, it's actually like two-way. And that's what's really fun is like, you know, you get to know people, they get to know like and trust you and, you know, you're able to build that relationship and that's really the foundation I believe of all marketing anyway.
0: That's really good. And And realizing that humility, this is a uh, quote that's often misattributed to C.S. Lewis, but it's actually, um, I think it's in The uh, Purpose Driven Life. Uh, Rick Warren, I think, said this. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking about yourself less. And so those things like what you were talking about, about asking your readers questions and being interested in them, basically taking yourself completely out of the picture – is the humble path and it's the effective path. And, and very often I'll be at writer's conferences. I do consultations, especially back when I was a marketing guy. It was like the person, you know, early in the conference, no one wanted to talk to me. And after they've been rejected by agents and editors who told right. me, you need a bigger platform. <laughs> Suddenly at the end of the conference, I'm Mr. Popular and I'm booked solid. So I'm sitting at a table alone on day one. And I, and I was sitting at a table full of people on the last day. And um, people would often sit down with me and they're like. I I don't care how much this book sells. I don't care about the money. And I just want the message to get out there. And as I'm listening to them, hearing about how much they don't care about the money, what I'm hearing is them still talking about themselves. (laughs) It's like, I don't care. It's like, stop talking about you. Talk about who your book is for and how your book solves a pain and their life. Like once you're able to fully remove yourself from the picture, that's where you find your success. It's kind of like um, in the Chronicles of Narnia, Eustace gets turned into a dragon. And he's trying to tear away the scales himself. And he just can't get deep enough. And finally, Aslan, who's the Christ figure. Hopefully, most of you have read the books of Narnia. If not, turn off this podcast and go read the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> but anyway, Aslan reaches his big, you know, paw with the you know sharp claws and he tears deeper and he tears those scales away. And I feel like for a lot of authors, that's what needs to happen. That that claw needs to come in and pull away not just the desire for money, but also the desire. Uh, for fame. That fame needs to be seen as a means, not an end. And you have to be willing sometimes to make that money because sometimes that's the way, especially if you're indie published, you need money to get the word out about your book. And if your book genuinely helps people, if you really believe that your book is making the world a better place, that it is advancing the kingdom. You have an obligation to that book to spread it, right? You don't want to be the person who's got a cure for some disease and you're like, oh, I don't want people to know about my cure because I don't want them to think I'm some you know, great doctor. No, <laughs> you have an obligation like that. That's so twisted and evil uh, that it's worse, right? Better to promote the truth with bad motivations than to hide the truth altogether.
1: Yeah, I often teach about the parable of the talents and the one that was given one talent said I I was afraid and so I hid. It's Matthew 25, 25. And you know, um, that was that was the person that said, you know, depart from me, wicked servant. And you know, there was that fear, and so then they Hid and and I just believe because we have a fear of people, a fear of people's opinions, a fear of what people will think, um, and all of that. You know, it's like, or even just that fear that oh, we're going to get prideful, or we're going to be you know greedy, or whatever. Um, then we hide, and you know like i said earlier we're only responsible for our actions with what god has given us so if he has given us one talent we're responsible to take that talent and multiply it and and do what you know in his strength you know through empowered by the holy spirit not in our own strength and you know you know not in the hustle and the grind and all of that but to to um, take the steps to take the actions that he has you know given to us and not to just sit on it, like you said, and hide it and be afraid. And I just feel like there's so much fear in Christian authors about marketing that it's just from the pit of hell. It's just, it's a lie. And we just need to renew our minds. We need to, to you know, recognize the lie, recognize that that fear is there, Feel feel the feelings, you know, feel it, but say, okay, God, I'm going to exchange that for your truth. And your truth is that you have given me a message to share to let my light shine so that people can glorify you so that we can, you know, have an impact for eternity and begin to renew our minds, change our thoughts and see our books as, you know, as vehicles that God can go out into the world. We literally live in a day and age where we can reach people all over the world with the message of the gospel through the internet, through our publishing, through our books. And I mean, it's just amazing. I've gotten emails from Venezuela, from South Korea, from South Africa, from Japan of people who have accepted Christ through my books. You know, I mean, how is that wow. even like? possible for a self-published author, but God is using it. And if I would have said, I'm not good enough, or, you know, sometimes it's a fear like, okay, that fear of failure, like, am I good enough? Is my book good enough? Or that fear of success or the fear of what people will think, the fear of judgment. But if we sit back and let the fear paralyze us, and then we're just hiding that, what what is God going to say to us when we see him face to face one day in heaven? I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to be faithful with what he's given me. I don't want to sit in my house underneath my covers, afraid of what <laughs> is going to happen. You know, God has a way of of pricking our hearts, convicting us, bringing us back. He's brought me back every time I start to veer off. He brings me back, brings me back, you know, and he's brought, put people in my life to really help me and to pour into me and keep me accountable. And you know we just need to to be willing to admit what is the root of it, and then let's like let's renew our minds with God's truth and let's get out there because you know secular art authors aren't afraid to get all of their stuff out there, <laughs> <laughs> so let's get our stuff out there that's good and that's you know really going to have an eternal impact. And, you know, it's really amazing when you take those steps of obedience. Like I was just sharing this on a training earlier, a different training today. Like I am not the most talented. I am not the most gifted. I'm not the smartest, but I have been willing to be obedient in every small thing that God's given me. I, I resigned my physical therapy job in 2011. That was the scariest thing I ever did. And, you know, just, My worst subject in school was English, and so I mean, now I've written and published over forty books. I mentor and and coach writers. I have hundreds of Christian authors that I work with in my paid program, and thousands that follow me online. Like, how is that even possible? One small act of obedience after another, after another, after, and then God keeps opening the next door, opening the next door, opening the next door, giving me the next assignment, having me, you know, the next project, the next thing, the next thing, and so it's just one step at a time. But if we're too afraid, we won't even take the first step.
0: That's so good. And, you know, if you're afraid, don't feel like you have to stop feeling afraid to move forward, right? Sometimes God supernaturally gives us boldness, right? I felt that before. You like in the New Testament, you know, the disciples was like, we're filled with the spirit and they boldly told the Pharisees, you know, we're not going to stop preaching. It doesn't matter what you do. And the Pharisees are like, oh gosh, what do we do? So I guess we'll just let you go, right? Sometimes you get supernatural boldness, but more often, at least in my life, uh, I have to do something while I'm still feeling afraid, right? You, you then have the choice. Do I do this while I'm feeling afraid or do I not do this and I let the fear win? And doing something while you feel afraid is courage, right? Like that's the difference between boldness and courage. Boldness is the absence of fear.
1: Right. I teach that all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, so my, my daughter is bold in the sense that she is not afraid of the dark, right? She doesn't know enough to be afraid of the dark because nothing has ever bad has happened to her in the dark because she's three months old. She doesn't know anything yet. She's just a baby. So she has a form of boldness, but really she has ignorance. Then there is like being afraid of the dark and letting that paralyze you. You don't get up and go to the bathroom because you're afraid of the monsters at night, right? And and it's not to say that that's false, right? There are scary things in this world. There is darkness in this world. Uh, So you can be paralyzed by that. But then the next level is, yes, I'm afraid, But I'm going to do it anyway because um, I'm choosing to be courageous. I'm choosing to trust God. But then there's this ultimate level of, you know, having such great faith. You're like, no, I'm not trapped in here with the darkness. The darkness is trapped in here with me because I have the living God living inside of me. And that is stronger than the darkness. Like, I'm not the one who should be afraid. You're the one who should be afraid. <laughs> There's a a line in Shrek where uh, Shrek, uh, the donkey's terrified, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want to go forward." And it's like the donkey's like, and, and Shrek is who's this giant ogre turns the donkey and is like, "What? I'm the scariest thing out here. <laughs> it's like anything out here is gonna be afraid of me." And like that mindset of like, "He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world," and it, it takes time to to grow into that. And you don't have to be at that. You know, the darkness should be afraid of me stage in order to move forward. In fact, it's really hard to get there like that takes supernatural um, movement, I feel like to really get there. But we can choose to be obedient. And we can choose to be faithful,
1: right? One small step at a time. Exactly. It doesn't have to be this big leap. And, you know, as I've, you know, continued in my career. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 15 years, I've been publishing books over 10 years. And, and, you know, God keeps stretching me and taking me out of my comfort zone. And last year, I had this um, big project, it was 168 page, like spiral bound, like fully illustrated, like brush lettering workbook. And so it was just a very different product. And um, you know, I had to work with a special printer and then do all these things. And the first printer I worked with made a mistake. And I'd already or pre-sold a bunch of books, thousands of dollars worth of books. And I was in this situation that I was like freaking out. And then I'm like, ah, you know, and my, my friend was like, Shelly, every step of faith, requires risk and you know and then she says fear is what we feel brave is what we do and that really spoke to me because you know in the end god worked it all out for even good because the printer ended up giving me the the books that were done wrong for free because he made a mistake and it was on him and i was they were still to the point where i could sell them but anyways um you know it was one of those things it was a learning experience for me that you know we're not going to have everything go perfect for us as we take those steps of faith. But, you know, fear is what, what we feel. Those are feelings. I'm a feeling emotional person. And so it's okay to feel those feelings. Brave is what we do. And so another one of my friends, she says that, you know, Feel the feelings. You can feel the feelings, but you don't have to believe the feelings. So even though we're feeling the fear, that doesn't mean we have to believe that those thoughts and you know and and, and stay stuck in that. You know, feel it. It's always going to be there. Like I still feel fear when I'm stepping out and I'm doing stuff and going forward. But fear is what we feel. Brave is what we do. And you know, um, it's going to take sometimes that you know the step of faith. You know, when you're putting your yourself out there that risk. But my goodness, I mean, I've just found over and over and over that God comes in and does things that I could never do. And it is so worth it. I mean, I'm sure you have story after story after story as well of just how worth it it is to take those steps of faith even in the midst of like, when you're just thinking, what in the world am I doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. This has been so good. I would love to have you on again. Unfortunately, we are out of time. uh, But before we go, uh, let us let our listeners know where they can find out more about you. If they're like, I want more of this. I want more. Shelly is encouragement in my life. Where can they find it?
1: Yeah, you can find me at my website, trainingauthors.com. That's where I have all things for writers. And then at my, um, my, my website underneath my name, shellyhits.com you can get redirected to some other things that I do and find, you know, all the things that I do. But my main site for, for authors and writers is TrainingAuthors.com. I have a podcast called Author Audience and love for you to check that out. And I'm just, um, I just love sharing, you know, what God is teaching me and really encouraging and equipping creatives to glorify God with their gifts. And I believe each one of you has been given unique gifts and a specific assignment by God that you alone can do. Like You're you're, you're you know, uniquely gifted to do, and I just love seeing you shine.
0: All right. And we will have links to all of those things that Shelly mentioned in the show notes. So if you just scroll down in your app, you can tap on uh, trainingforauthors.com or shellyhits.com and you don't even know how to spell uh, hits. You just scroll down and it's got the right link uh, there for you. <laughs> Our uh, featured Creative uh, Christian Writers Institute course today is I Don't Write for the Money. As a Christian author, what motivates you to write for publication? Is it money or is it something greater? In this course, novelist Jack Cavanaugh explores the motivation behind financial gain and offers insight into true success. And normally at this point, I would say use coupon code podcast has to save 10%. But this course is free. So there's no reason not to check that out. Uh, and it's more conversation on this varied topics. So I think this is a good fit. I don't write for the money. You can get that for free at the Christian Writers Institute.com. Uh, dot com. Shelley, thank you so much for joining us on the Christian Publishing Show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a joy.
0: Thank you for listening to The Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit christianpublishingshow.com.